Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up on our Relationship Hour, we're going to talk about uh, divorce, the impact on children, and especially about parental alienation. I would love it if people could have civilized divorces, which would have less of an impact, still an impact, but less of, uh, on these children who are the victims in all of this. And uh, joining me will be two gentlemen uh, from my inner circle who have gone through pretty nasty situations who will share their stories, and I'm hoping you two will share your stories with us at 514-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. So first I'm going to answer some questions uh, that I have, and I promised you that I would get to the leftover questions from last night. Uh, Dr. Laura, I've had that issue after extended sex sex session, likely due to constant pre-coming, so much when I actually start ejaculating, there is very little anticlimactic. So you're talking about, uh, in reference to retrograde um, ejaculation, which we talked about last night, when you have the sensation of orgasm, but uh, nothing uh, comes out. So that is, uh, yes, that is certainly a possibility. So there you go. I like that, anticlimactic. Um, Never mind premature ejaculation. What about delayed ejaculation? As you age, this can be an important issue. Let's discuss that. So as we age, it's true, and I, I I do tell the guys who are are premature. I said, as you get older, it will get better. So there is hope uh, for that. Um, so yes, it does take longer to uh, get to a climax as you get older. That uh, that's just a fact of of getting uh, of getting older. So um, it's not you know you have to be careful that partners know this so that they don't take it personally. They don't think, well, they're not attractive enough or they're not doing something right. It, that's not the case. I mean, it, it, it could be, but that is generally not the case. And when you when I speak to men, that's not what they tell me um, at all. So uh, yes, and also um, the, uh, the time between ejaculations and the time between erections gets longer as well. So if you've had sex uh, uh, on Monday and your partner wants to have sex on Tuesday, you may, or twice that day, it may not be possible. Um, And for sure will delay even more. Even if you can get the erection, you may not be able to have an orgasm. So um, whereas young men can have many ejaculations in one day. As you get older, you have less and less. You're producing less and less, so that's important. Uh, Something interesting you might want to make a topic. I've noticed I have different erections and sensations with different women. It's never the same. Can this be because of unseen hormones and or the unseen energy between two people? So, I'm not sure if you're talking about pheromones, which are the unseen stuff. Um, 
could be, although it's very hard to study that. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about unseen energy, you're really talking about attraction uh, to somebody. So it's possible that if you have, let's say, multiple casual sexual relationships, that some of them you are far more attracted to, maybe more connected to uh, on an emotional level, on a soul level, like that exactly what you're talking about that that energy so and and different sensations Dif- every woman will feel differently every woman will touch you differently so no two people are exactly the same no two vaginas are exactly uh, the same Uh, For me, it feels like the woman is partly responsible for the kind of erection I get. It doesn't feel like it's determined by the level of attractiveness. So I'm not sure what you mean if it doesn't feel like... Usually the erection is not necessarily determined by the level of attractiveness. And a lot of people take it personally. Like if if a guy is having trouble with his erection... The partner may think, oh, what, what's wrong? You're not as attracted to me. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And oftentimes it's not. It could be due to many factors, alcohol consumption, fatigue, stress. There are many factors that can impact um, the ability to, uh, to orgasm. And then uh, John Paul brought up the story about uh, the warnings against using electric toothbrushes as vibrators. Uh, A couple of texts here. Apparently, electric toothbrushes could also be dangerous for teeth brushing as well and warn against possible electrocution. Wouldn't want to use it on my teeth after the fact, however. Um, And, uh, right, of course, there's bristles. You've got to be careful. You know, you you can't, uh, just like using uh, vegetables in your orifices, and it may not be the best idea either because of pesticides and other things that are going on there. Uh, is that equally applicable to women as they age as well? So you're talking about delayed ejaculation, so you would be talking about delayed orgasm. Yes, for some women, not all women, just like not all men, by the way, uh, but as women age, it also takes longer to get to the orgasm, um, but not for everybody. So, And it also may require more stimulation. As we age, we lose some of the sensation in our... Um, we lose some of the sensation in the clitoris. Some of the there's you know nerve damage as we uh, get uh, get older. Uh, Paula writes: Do alcoholics have more difficulties with erectile dysfunction, or alcohol does not matter? Oh, alcohol matters much, much. Yes, it does. In fact, uh, uh, studies do show that alcohol has quite the negative impact on erectile functioning. Remember that it's a depressant. So if you're having a one glass or two of wine, you're talking about just a, 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 re- a relaxation. When you go beyond that, uh, now you're talking about having a much more depressant effect. And so the blood won't flow at that point. So alcoholism is definitely tied to uh, erectile uh, erectile functioning. And it, it's not just that, it damages organs. So alcoholics have damaged organs. So you have, of course, your, your penis is an organ that has tiny little veins in them that fill up with blood, and uh, those can easily be damaged as well. So um, with prolonged alcohol use and also uh, prolonged drug use, like marijuana use, over time. So I, I know there are studies out there. I just don't have the names of, um, of them.
Uh, texter, yeah, but a cucumber has never been known to electrocute anyone. However, no, but a cucumber has been known to disintegrate, to uh, get lodged in places. Uh, often people will use vegetables and things like that. That um, <laughs> I, I often talk about this, but it, it struck me so much. It stayed with me at a conference once, at a, one of our sex conferences, where a, an emergency room physician did a presentation with a slideshow of everything he'd pulled out of people's rectums. Like literally, like light bulbs and uh, big, big vegetables that got lodged in there uh, because they get sucked in. And this is why sex toys for the butt exist with a, there's like a, a base to them so they don't get sucked up into the the rectal, uh, the cavity in there. So you have to be very, very careful when using uh, homemade uh, sex toys, unless you're using a scarf to cover your eyes. Like I'm not talking, you know, those kinds of things are, are just little um, things you can add to your to to love making. But inserting things, be careful. Like you're better off by just getting things that are made for that. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about divorce on our relationship hour. I'll be joined by Marshall and Steve, two divorced uh, gentlemen with some stories to share. I want to talk about parental alienation in all of this as well and uh, would love to hear some of your stories too. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. This is our Relationship Hour, and tonight I want to discuss divorce, how it affects children. And this wasn't even my idea. This was my friend's idea, Marshall, who's a regular on the show. He says, you know, you really should do a show on this about like nasty divorces and parental alienation. I said, you know, that's a great idea and you'll be a guest. And then of course we, uh, we got Steve, another uh, friend of ours to join us as well to talk about this. So if you want to join our panel right here, right now and tell us uh, your story, I want to hear about it. Look, divorce has an impact on children, has a negative impact on children. I don't care how we slice it. They are affected by it. But I think they are far more affected by it when there is a volatile and negative relationship uh, between between the parents. So how about we start the show with each of you kind of, in a nutshell, giving us giving us your story. I mean, Marshall, you've been twice divorced. Uh, first wife is... Your bestie. <laughs> <laughs> she, she won't say that, but she, it's You true. may not be her bestie, but you're her, she's your bestie. Um, but your second, not so much, or at least in the beginning. Right. Right? Right. Uh, and, and Steve, I think you've had some... I've heard your stories, so I know they've been pretty horrendous uh, stories. Uh, so Steve is divorced and happily remarried. Uh, so, all right, Marshall, let's start with you. Tell me, like, why did you want to talk about this, first of all? Um, well, I have. I was uh, married to my first wife for, for around uh, seven or eight years, and we separated. But um, And it, it, it was amicable, but it wasn't easy. Okay. But the bottom line was that we wanted to make sure that our children were going to be okay and that um, and that they understood that they had two parents that loved them and that 
they were the most important thing that we were that my ex-wife and I were able to put our problems aside and co-parent together. And uh, and that we, was from the beginning. You that were able was, to really co-parent. Yes, well? that was that was pretty much from the beginning. Um, my ex-wife, uh, I married her overseas, and I brought her here. And when we divorced, it was it was difficult for her, and I understood that. And um, you know, she she in the divorce. She, my family became her family too. Mm-hmm. There was no separation of family. She was still oh, part of the family. Still part of it. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the reasons why with my with my second ex wife it was a little bit difficult. But in the end, it was it was very important for her to have uh, a family uh, infrastructure, someone who can you know, people that would be there for her because mm-hmm. I was divorcing her, um, and it worked out pretty well. But but the the bottom line was our children, mm-hmm. right? There was, you know, there might have been some animosity a little bit, but, you know, we, we figured that out. Past that. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it was always important, our children. In the end, um, we, we, you know, we had two daughters together. Um, we had, uh, we had one, uh, uh, she was uh, 17 and my other daughter is uh, now 20, um, and um, my uh, my 17 year old um, um, was uh, diagnosed uh, with cancer in uh, f- um, February of 2017, I believe, February 2018. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, you know, her mother, you know, I'll never forget the word. She when she when when she found out there was something wrong, she's like asked me, "Am I sitting down?" Those were mm-hmm. the words, and those words will never leave you. The, I, mm-hmm. They'll never leave me. Anyways, right from that moment, we continued. We became an even stronger team together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if there were any differences in our opinions on how to raise our children or what to do with our children, that stopped. Our daughter, uh, our daughter became uh, the, priority. the the priority, and um, we co-parented uh, together, and. Uh, and she she died in August of uh, August. Uh, she died August twenty eighth of uh, of this year. So um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty difficult. But we supported each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't always agree with 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 some of the things that she did. She didn't agree with all the things that I did. But we we worked together. And you know, and to this day, we're you right. know we're you know we're not married. But we're very close, right? And your and, families have remained close, and our families have remained close. And have close. provided all the support she needed, yes, as well as you, of course, that you needed through, especially this most difficult time. Right, right. And so, the reason why I came to you and I said you should do a show like this, is because I I know of I know of people who are going through divorce, and there's children involved, and there's a lot of animosity and and malicious. Malicious intent. Oh yeah, nastiness. 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 And it and it saddens me Mm -hmm. because these people are putting their own hate for the other parent or partner uh, before the love of their children, and it makes me it makes me really really sad. So I wanted to get this story out there. How important it is that God for God forbid one you know that this type of thing should should happened to to these divorced uh, parents, right? And they can't come together because they have a hate. They can't can't co-parent because they have a hate for each other. 
And I just I, I just true. wanted to say that it, it, it breaks my heart when these things are happening. I have a friend who's who's going through this right now. And it, it, it it's just so sad for me that the children are separated. One doesn't talk to the other. One is it's just it's just a, yeah, a really it's sad messy state of affairs. And it, it, it does. It makes me sad. And I have this in my own circle like right. where I where I see this firsthand as well, this nasty kind of. This, I see it as parental alienation. I see so much hatred. And I'm always saying, why do you hate your partner more than you love your children? Like, it's just, it's beyond me that people don't understand the damage that is done to children when you're pitting one parent against another parent, it, you know? It, it, and these are not good parents. They're, they're not, they're not, they're not serving their children well, well that's right and so they are not in effect good parents yeah they do not think of their Steve. children at that point in time they're mostly thinking of themselves and in and no in my, in my case it's more of dealing with uh, a narcissistic personality mm-hmm. whereas um, she would say she's doing everything for her children and the safest thing to do was to take the kids away from their father uh, or or it, it, depending on your case out there, be it be it the be it the other parent. But in uh, her mind, in her in mind, her mind, in her mind, she's doing the best thing that she that she thinks. But why because, you were a good father? So where? But, but according to her, but you know, think it was the same thing when I was married. Uh, you know, there was no such thing as really co-parenting. Is everything that she said? Well, mom said we could do this, or mom said we could do that. Right. And so as, even and married, that was the even case. Ma- even even right. married, that was that was that was the case. And you know, like some people said, "Well, can you guys get along?" I said, "Well, if we can get along, we'd still be married," because it came to a point where, uh, you know, everything was just about uh, you're the provider, you go out and work, make the money, and I'll decide everything else. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, at that time we we ran into a bit of financial difficulty. I had come across a, lost a job, and as soon as I lost my job, I was out the door. She kicked you out. She kicked me out of the door. I ended up living in my sister's basement for about a year and a half. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, there was no such thing as going to a lawyer or getting to a lawyer because who had money for this? Mm-hmm. We, were, mm-hmm. we were financially strapped at that time. Um, became very, very difficult. Um, and your relationship to relationship, the children My then? relationship with the children. Well, my, my youngest at the time, she was only eight or nine, so she mm-hmm. was uh, daddy's girl. But, you know, not like I had a place for the kids to come to and stay right. with me. Um, even when I when I stayed longer at my sister's house, I was only supposed to stay there. Actually, she had made the arrangement with my sister that I would stay there and then, you know, don't worry, you know, uh, we'll pay you a little something for, for him to stay there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that never happened either mm-hmm. because she was full of lies. Um, even convinced her to take out a loan for her. Wow. And... Uh, Never, obviously, I ended up being the one paying it back because I didn't want her being 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 out on that. Um, and people, you know, just narcissistic in a way that everything was going her way. Uh, I don't agree with the fact that sometimes, you know, mother first and father's a secondary secondary mm-hmm. object. And that was her thinking. That was the th- her, her thinking and... It was even the thinking of her mother, of her mother, the same way, the same way. Um, so you were just it, an accessory, like it, you were just the provider, the, the, and and you know, that the, was about the, it. The provider of finance and and the sperm donor. Right, <laughs> right. 
Well, that sounds like a lot of uh, parental alienation in, in yeah. subtle ways and maybe not so subtle ways. We have uh, Steve and Marshall who are in studio with me talking about their divorces. Um, th- some of th- We have some nice stories and we have some really nasty stories. We'd love the, for you to share yours at 514-800. What can we learn from all of this? Uh, coming up, I want to talk about what are the signs of parental alienation. I see this close to me and it makes me sick uh, when I see this and it breaks my heart. It really, really breaks my heart. And uh, I want to talk about this. If we could just, I don't know, educate, find other ways, convince people not to go that route. Uh, If we can convince one person (laughs) tonight, then uh, it will all be worthwhile. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. On our relationship uh, hour tonight, we are talking about divorce and uh, especially about parental alienation and how these nasty, nasty divorces where it's all-out war, how this affects children, and of course it alienates at least one, you know, one parent in a situation like that. So there is something called parental alienation syndrome, which is the the deliberate attempt by one parent to distance his or her children from the other parent. And the motivation is to destroy the parental bond between his or her children with the other parent. Uh, and things like uh, promoting anger toward the other parent. So a parent who speaks badly of or criticizes the other parent directly to the uh, to the children. There are covert attempts to promote anger. In other words, you may not tell the children directly, but you talk, you talk in their presence. So you're on the phone talking about so-and-so and, and uh, speaking badly. So, you know, you, you, you think that, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not talking badly to my kids. No, but you damn well know that you're talking loud enough so they uh, they can hear you. And this is where, you know, they still want to instill that anger in their children toward the other parent This without looking bad because, hey, I'm not telling them directly. Um, here's something that I, I have a friend whose uh, ex did this, sharing grown-up details with the child, like letting the, letting the children in on the details of the divorce and the ongoing conflict and all of the financial issues and the financial problems and uh, making the child aware of all the, the, the legal issues. You don't do that. You don't burden children with this kind of thing. It causes the child to feel anger towards the other parent, uh, sending negative messages to the child about the, uh, the other parent, either using uh, body language to communicate their dislike or what have you, refusing to co-parent reasonably. And uh, Marshall was talking about good co-parenting skills, and unfortunately, you had to go. You went through a very drastic and devastating event, but it showed you even more how that co-parenting was so important. Well, you know what? It shouldn't. Like like I said before, if you love your children uh, more than anything, then co-parenting should be a lot more easier, and uh, than 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 what. 
than what it is mm-hmm. because you're obviously putting your children first and you want and you want the best for them both parents want the best for their child right but it doesn't happen like that not when the hatred takes over it's, unfortunately it's, yeah. yeah and again there are other even extreme cases where a parent will make false false accusations of abuse Yep. Yes, that's happened to, to, to me that as well. That happened to you. Happened to me as well, where there's a false accusation of abuse. I'm very affectionate with my with, with, with my children, and it just wasn't seemed right uh, from my ex-wife's standpoint that uh, our father should be that affectionate with, with the child. It's got to be something wrong there. <gasps> and then accused you. And then, and then convinced me, the kids. And then, convinced, and, and then convinced her, and she still has had a problem with it, and she's a lot older now. She's a grown woman right now. Right. And still having issues is, issues with that, thinking I mean, not, because the mother put it, in her head, putting, putting putting in her head, knowing that it's not knowing that it's not true, but putting the the the, the part of doubt right. in a child's head when the, when the kid is a child, uh, oh. and with no yeah, like the, just the thought of it just sort of makes it makes me yeah it makes want, me sick want to vomit exactly yeah. I I totally understand that but I've I've seen these situations so many times unfortunately where yeah a parent the other parent will will call the cops right. you know will yeah. will oh, yeah. will make accusations based on nothing but they know that it's going to cause problems because what what do the cops have to do they haul you in then you have your Jose, you know, your your court here. And then they say, oh, well, there was nothing there. But you still have to go through the whole damn thing. Right. It costs I'm, money, right? too. I'm I mean, sorry, but, but yeah. when you're bringing the cops, especially, and again, there is a bias there, even when it comes, to, it comes to the police. We had a situation where she came over to my apartment and was arguing with me regarding finances and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, she came over with, with, with my nephew. And then we and it's like, she yelled so loud that the police came. Okay, mm-hmm. somebody called the police, and she physically hit me. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. and I kept my hands in my pockets, right, with my fists clenched because I was really, really angry. Because it doesn't matter, I'm the guy. If I would have raised up my hand to her to defend myself, right, on it, you would have been the one. I would have been. I would have been the one hauled in. Right. Let me share some of your texts at 514-800. We have with us uh, Marshall and Steve, who both have had uh, bad experiences, and thankfully Marshall has had one very good experience uh, with co-parenting. This text writes, So what do you do when one parent wants to co-parent, but the other just wants war? How do you fight back and protect the other parent's rights? It's a reactive impulse to defend and fight back. The main problem is fairness. Why should the non Co-parenting parent get away with everything while the other parent picks up the pieces and continues to appease and pay to keep the peace. I understand the frustration in all of this, but what's in the best interest of the children? I still come back to what's in the best interest of the children. It's not fair. It 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 probably will never be fair. It, I don't think it ever will be will be fair either because we also do not live in a society where a father and a mother are treated as equal. Mm. We don't. When it comes to divorce, the father is secondary, the mother is the caregiver. And in a lot of cases, that used to be the case in the 60s or 70s, mm-hmm. okay, in that case. Right now, today, it's 2019, both parents are out there working. Yes, if someone has a more motherly instinct, but a father co-parents now. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and you fa- want to be involved. And, and fa- exactly. fathers, fathers who want to be involved and who are involved, listen, there are parents who do not want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, who will say, you know, say, here's my check once a month, and right, 
uh, be, be, the, be. But what be, about be those that, that really want the, the, to be? And and how do you force them? Our even our legal system doesn't doesn't allow it. Well, right. well, I feel that if someone wants to co-parent, they're gonna make they're gonna make as much effort as 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 absolutely necessary. If the if the child does sports and has that arena, then the then both parents are at the game, whether it's your weekend or not. You're still at the game. You're at the practice. This is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, uh, you know, um, with my with my youngest child, it's not my weekend. But she plays, and she needs uh, both parents there to cheer, cheer her on mm-hmm. and support her, and that is what we do. Regardless, we have a you know even with my second ex-wife now, it wasn't as easy as it was with my first, but the second has finally come around, and we co-parent pretty well right now. Um, and we've put how did you different... how did you manage to put the differences aside? Like how did you even well you know because like, it wasn't it was nasty it at was, first it was right? tumultuous mm-hmm. right it was tumultuous for a very long time and it was nasty and everything else and um and there was some alienation there um uh, to be honest with you it really sort of settled down after my middle daughter was um was um diagnosed. And it took it took a it, tragedy. It took a tragedy like that for wow. her to come around and say, "I finally understand what it meant when you said you you needed to have the relationship with your ex wife that you had." I finally understand because she was upset that you had that relationship she was with upset, the ex wife. And okay. I told, and it was she was upset. She was upset a little bit that she was part of the family, but she was upset that I was in constant contact and we would talk about our children and what and because we were co parenting like we should, mm-hmm. and it, it upset her. And mm-hmm. and I told her under no circumstances whatsoever would I ever throw that relationship in the garbage mm-hmm. because that is what keeps my two older children happy right. and healthy. Yeah, she's still the mother of those children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was I wasn't gonna do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would I would say to those that are who are going through the alienation, whatever yeah, you know what, hold that hold that thought because okay. I'm getting so into this and I forget that we really should check the road. So with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. On our relationship uh, show tonight, we're talking about parental alienation in divorce situations. We have two guests in studio. They are in my inner circle. They are guests on the show, uh, on our boys club and things like that. Uh, and they decided, you know what? They wanted to share their story. Actually, it was Marshall's uh, idea. He wanted to this way might help somebody actually if we could talk about that because he's been through one uh, one good divorce one not so good divorce and uh, and, and really talking about the impact on children and, and the co-parenting part and we have Steve who's divorced and now uh, happily remarried uh, who's had just absolutely horrible experiences with his ex-wife and years of it, unfortunately. Uh, and many of you who are sharing your stories with us at 514-800. So a couple of things here. Um, my wife and I are not divorced, but sometimes I feel like she makes me look like an asshole in front of the kids. Well, that's not cool. Like that, to, to me, that says there's a, there is a problem there. You know, if uh, you got to be on the same page, like a marriage is a teamwork and you've got to be on the same page when you raise your kids and have those discussions outside with, without the kids listening to the, the, the differences, like come up so that you're on that same page. 
the first two years of our divorce were very rough in many different aspects. With three young girls, we decided to grow up, put our egos aside, and focus on our girls. Three years ago, I decided to take my kids to Disney and made a tough decision to bring their mom along because I didn't want my kids feeling that they wish mommy could have been there. It was difficult, but we made it work for the sake of our girls. Today, we get along and continue to focus on the girls. It's easy to say parents that hate each other more than they love their children. Some situations can be very difficult. I agree with you on that. In the end, we're making it work, and my kids have no signs of being from a broken family. Even some teachers that knew we're divorced got confused, wishing everyone luck and peace in their struggles. Thank you for that. Yes, we do wish everyone luck and peace in their struggles more than anything. Those are great parents. Good for you and good for your ex-wife. You're fantastic parents. Yeah. yeah. And people can learn from you. It's a, they're, they're rarity, unfortunately, though. But unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Go j- ahead. I Marshall. just want to quickly complete the thought. Oh, that yes. We, uh, from before. Yes. So, Sorry. Uh, w- with regards to parent alienation, um, I believe that whatever time you have with your children, I believe on one on one. Uh, one-on-one time where you can reinforce your love and your commitment to them. Meaning, don't take them out to a movie. Do something where you're where you're actually talking, where you're face to face, where you could, um, you could, you know, you could really show them that you're interested in in what they're in what they're doing mm-hmm. and how they're feeling. It's really important. I I did that um, throughout all my children's lives, um, and it makes them. Uh, happier children. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, allows them to feel more secure, uh, even though that their parents are not together, and that is really, really important. So, so. in the in your child that that uh, where the mom was doing a bit of that alienation right. stuff, how did like uh, how did that resolve, or how did that? Well, well, uh, it resolved after, uh, like I said, after uh, my my middle daughter was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just things sort of like you know fell into place after. Like we it's began. like a bigger picture. It's almost it, yes, like, I know, right? It's looking at the thirty thousand foot picture, uh, right? Yeah, As opposed exactly. to you know, and um, and it all fell into place. But even before that, whenever I had my daughter, I always, you know, smothered her with love and told her that uh, you know, I was there for her, and you know, I would always ask her, "How are you feeling? Are you thinking? Do you have any questions for me?" These things are important because mm-hmm. you're able to draw out the information, uh, th- draw out whatever they're thinking, and and you're able to, um, you know, give them feedback, and it's right. really important. Let me get to a couple more texts here. Uh, hi, Dr. Laurie. Topic tonight hits close to home. Here's what these parents don't get. If you tell a child one of their parents is bad, children internalize it as they must also be half bad. Hugs. And that's quite true. Yeah. That makes uh, a true. lot of sense. Uh, another text writes, we, we just have to continue to raise our children with good morals and truth and pray that the children will eventually see and learn. Karma is sometimes the only thing that keeps us going. Knowing the truth will come out and the kids will see when they're old enough to comprehend it yeah. is the only yeah, hope. Like, right. Exactly. That happened exactly. to, that happened to, that's, that's that, 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 that happened to Steve. That was me basically. Cause I, the famous words I remember and I still live by them. Um, you know, usually end up having to go to for counseling. And the one thing he's told me is that I still remain consistent. Children will go to where to the parent that is consistent in their manner and the way that they're treating them. If they treat you as a parent, you treat your children well. Even as they grow up, 
They right. will remember that, and they go to the parent that's consistent because. But that's, they come back. That, that's the stability. They go to the parent that's this most right. stable. I just want to, but point out because you, there was a time when you did not speak to your that, children. That's right, because but I remained consistent about it because I would not break and just break down to give them this and that because of the way. That, so they followed their mother, and they they refused to speak to me. Right. And eventually, now now I speak to them all. Today, I right, speak to them all. right, and it took time, and that, and I think that's the yeah. the, the glimmer of hope. I wish we had more time. Um, my parents uh, separated when I was six, divorced five years later. Mom never had ba- never badmouthed dad until my brother and I started to notice some things in our mid-teens. She then opened up about what she experienced. My poor cousins were not as fortunate as their mother told them every chance what a loser their father had been. See the difference in how in, in raising them. Uh, divorce requires more teamwork than marriage. Absolutely. I love right. that line. Absolutely. Wow. Um, you may want to end your show on a more happy note on such a sad and difficult subject. Uh, what a fantastic show. On divorce, you shed some light. Oh, this is a poem. May- maybe you saved a marriage on this cold, dark Thursday night. Passions is a super show. Dr. Lori so full of finesse. You may not be wearing a crown, but you are the over-the-air princess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Very then, well said. Yeah, and last, I don't even know if I have time for that, but you didn't mention how to handle when the parents get new par- partners. I've seen too many men with new girlfriends and kids come second. Yes, and sometimes, yeah, and it can create a lot more conflict when there's a new partner because the ex then, you know, starts to really yes, lose that, it. That, was that, exactly that, that happened my, to that, Steve. Absolutely my case. Yeah, I wish we had like another two hours because this is – such an important topic. I'm glad. Uh, thank you, Marshall, for bringing it up as You're a welcome. topic idea and, and willingness to share your story. Steve, you as well. Thank you for putting it on the line here and uh, and and talking about something that's really really difficult. Like it's just like there's no happy ending to this. It's difficult. I just I I do wish people luck and a lot of peace. And please think of the children first. Just think of them. Put them first. And then things can fall better into place, you know. Guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining let's do it, me. Let's do it again. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a pretty heavy topic. <laughs> Maybe we'll go lighter next time. Uh, thank you guys for uh, sending all your texts and your stories. I feel for you all. I wish you. Uh, I do wish you uh, peace. I really do. Uh, thank you to our uh, technical producer, Chris. You you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. If you think anybody would benefit from hearing this uh, this show again, all the podcasts are up on my website at drlaurie.com. Just go to the Passion uh, Radio and you'll find them there listed um, so you can listen to them at your leisure. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.